angels belong on Christmas trees? Oh, no. That little that little <laughs> angel that you see Literally. on the grave of somebody at the local garden cemetery. Is that an accurate depiction? No. This is the exactly. fastest that Dan has ever broken Ben in an episode. That was he literally the reason I bring that one up, sentence. And we're talking about angels today, and he brings up Christmas and angels because he destroyed Christmas about five years ago in his sermon on angels about how, how all your ideas about angels, they're wrong. I am very passionate about this topic because we are in Theology 101. Yes. And welcome yes. to Life Talks. Yes. My name is welcome. Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in suburban Charlotte. And our topic today is going to be angels. We're getting but, into angelology. Yeah. yeah. Angels. A- angel. <laughs> well, I mean, the study of angels. Okay. We're, 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 that's what we're talking about. Right. But to, to me, really, I hope people are going to listen to this because, I, I mean, I almost think it's a dangerous misrepresentation of, of angels that yeah, we have I adopted mean, culturally in hmm. in in our culture and in, in, in Christianity. So. You know, it's interesting. I agree with you. I think it's interesting that as as the culture, as as our American culture got more secular over the last few decades, um, it became you know much more interested in the spiritual and angelic. Mm-hmm. They, they may not have been more interested in, in the idea of God, but they definitely are more interested in. I mean, all these things about angels. Remember, I mean, I know this is about. 30 years old, but touched by an angel. Remember that show that oh, was yeah. on? Yep. You know, there was all Michael these, Landon wasn't the, yeah. yeah. Was it was it Michael? Michael? No, no, that was Highway to Heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he was an but angel. He was an angel there. He was an, that was the 80s. Then you had Touched by an Angel. Then you had all these, like, I don't know, there's just all these eight, you know, people became infatuated with the spiritual beings being our helpers. Um, but it, again, I think it reflected this idea that man was at the center of things and angels are there to serve them as opposed to angels are created beings there to serve God. To met messengers and their you know beings to help assist man, but they're really there to to serve Jesus. And I think that's this secular, humanistic. We've kind of morphed. We love the idea of angels helping us. Yeah, but I mean, the representations that we have of angels goes back to you know medieval art. Very much so, because yeah. they, they they feminized them. Of course, they feminized everybody yeah. masculine yes. in those days. Yeah. But and then they they put wings on them, which. Yeah, some a, some angels have wings, some but, don't. Well, and again, again, the the sub the subcategories of you know cherubim, seraphim. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So we we have to to understand that. But I think if the average Christian came face to face with an angel, they'd wet themselves. I mean, the, in seriously, their, in this their, is going to cause yeah in their heavenly form. Yeah, I think fear so. and yes. and terror and yeah. and surprise. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I you know angels are very you know I think one of the things that this is the one ology. Okay, out of all the ologies that Christians get, like, ooh, mm-hmm. like this is exciting because we do like this idea of the supernatural. Um, and I think there's a little bit of a mysticism. And it's because the Bible doesn't really do a what's the word? The Bible doesn't necessarily care that much about explaining much about angels. It gives you kind of like snapshots of here's what angels are doing. And you have to piece together all these things to come up with this patchwork look of if we're systematically looking at angels and saying, this is what they are, this is what they do. It's, I mean, you're literally picking verses here and there, and they're just tiny little things. And so, you know, there's not a lot in the Bible about angels. And so I think really 
I think it's really important that we don't become infatuated with them. I yeah. think that's one of the most important things. Yeah, and and I think one of the reasons why they aren't more emphasized in scripture is God knows human nature would be to worship them. And we did. I mean, there are times when, whether it was Daniel or John, when an angel would show up and they would begin to worship because they're so blown away, away by their presence, their beauty, whatever it is, and they're like, no, 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 do not you know, don't worship me. They understood who was really in charge. Even the demons, you know, the fallen angels could say, you know, you know, they recognize who was in charge when yep. Jesus was walking around. They understand that there is a, because they have been on the other side of the veil. They have been in God's presence. So they know who's really worthy of worship. Yeah. And one of the things I think, you know, I want to ask you about is, you know, the hierarchy of angels as we get into it. But let's, let's go back and let's, okay. let's, let's begin at the beginning okay. and let's talk about, give me a definition of an angel or, or an explanation of an angel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to base this on Grudem's definition of, of angelic beings. And he says, created spiritual beings who help God carry out his will across time and space. Okay. Let's break that down a little bit. Yeah. First of all, we recognize they're created. Yes. Secondly, we we recognize that they're primarily spiritual, not necessarily yes. physical. Yeah, and this is where, you know, there are some theologians that would, this would be a debatable issue. We know that in certain places in the Bible, they're called ministering spirits, okay? But at the other times, there are, there seems to be descriptions, descriptors of physical realities, uh, whether, you know, is in Ezekiel and Revelation, where there are these descriptors of these um uh, seraphim, cherubim, uh, you know the 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 four creatures that that have these features, wings, faces. You know that they're they don't look like a normal thing for us, <clears throat> or what like a creature we've ever seen Maybe before. Like the end of Genesis, like the 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 at the end of the, the Garden of Eden, the it describes a fiery sword. Yes, like that, that, that seems like a, yeah, an example. yeah. So there there are. Um, I think that there are. We also know that they can manifest themselves physically, okay? Because remember, um, when God visited Abraham and the two angels that were with him, they went into Sodom and Gomorrah. There was obviously a physical component to them. I mean, because they were grabbing people, and and the men of the town where they wanted to sexually abuse them. So it was like, um, there's they can take on physical characteristics at times. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're just these translucent beings. Um, so yeah, th- there's a, we know that there's a spiritual reality to them, but not all created beings on the other side that would fit under the angels. Cause I think we have a very truncated view of, of, of the beings. I think there, we kind of have this idea there's God and then there's kind of like the archangels. And then there's just kind of these minions on either side. Right. And the Bible, if you really study the Bible, there there is a hierarchy, there are levels, that, there's not this two-dimensional angelic creatures. There are creatures that simply worship at the throne of God. There are angels that are archangels that fight. There, are, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of nuance there that I think that- well, And I think that's important to the definition because we, they say they're created. Yeah. Creation implies design. Yes. Design implies a designer. Yeah. Designer has intent. Yes. Okay. So the intention of angels yes. would be? Yeah. I think to serve Yahweh to accomplish his will. They, they were not, never never is it mentioned at, that they are created in the image of God. Now, one of the terms, um, there are many terms that, that angels are called in scripture. I'm talking all of them. Okay. Um, we can get into the names of demons later on, but- uh, in two different places, they're called sons of God. 
Mm. Okay. Um, and other times are called holy ones, spirits, watchers, thrones, dominions, principalities, authorities, um, divine counsel. There are there are um, cherubim, seraphim, living creatures, archangels, chief princes. There's all of these terms that refer to beings on the uh, that are not not that don't fit into the six day creation order of our time and space reality. Okay, so there are different terms that are given to these beings that 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 all describe another part of them. For example, um, what does it mean that they're called sons of God? You know, Job Job uh, talks about how the sons of God um, would gather at, in His presence. You know, um, we see that in Job chapter one. In other places, I think it's in Job. Oh gosh, I can't remember the text off off place, but it's. At the foundation of the world, the sons of God were seeing. So we know that in the creative order of things, um, some people want to place that you know angels were created somewhere between you know somewhere between day one and six uh, before the because it says before the foundations of the world were created, the sons of God were singing. So this idea of created maybe day one, day two. When did the fall happen? It had to have been after day between day six and Genesis three. We don't necessarily know that, but but we we do know that there were these created beings that were there worshiping, glorifying God, and and were there to serve Him, but in a different capacity than human beings that are to reflect the fullness of God. And I think that's really where. Why Satan came? I'm I'm jumping all over the place right now, but I think that's why one of the reasons why Satan wanted to destroy and disrupt humanity is because there was a sense of jealousy of they were created first. We know they were created first, and I don't think he liked the idea of God creating another form besides them. Mm. You know, and part of it was his own. We see descriptors of his uh, desire for power and authority, um, his pride at stake or you know at work that led to his downfall and it led to him wanting to corrupt humanity as a result. So I mean angels are we we kind of have a window of when they were created. Bible again gives these little descriptors. Um we know they're created but somewhere between probably day 1 and day 3. We know that they're the fall of the angelic beings happened between day 6 and Genesis 3 and that's kind of and there's all there's all these terms for them in the Bible that you have to kind of understand where they fit. So so there's not this, you know, really flat view of beings. There are lots of different things going on. I think a lot of that also goes to the the assignments they receive. Yes. You know, because some of them are messengers. We saw that at the Christmas story. Gabriel, Gabriel, right? Like he is a he is we see him they spoke for God. Right. He is a primary messenger. We see him to both Daniel, to Mary, to Zechariah. Like if there's almost like there's a really important message it's like he sends Gabriel. Yep. Right? So th- an- another facet, though, is they're warriors, protectors. Right. You know, the image of a flaming sword. Uh, Jesus himself, if I wanted to, I could call, you know, you know legions, legions yeah. of a- yeah. angels. So there- there's that. We also know them to be guides. Yes. Um, and and servants. Uh, you know, Elijah was ministered to mm-hmm. and directed by mm-hmm. an angel. Yep. So are there other assignments they have? Are there unknown assignments? Are, yeah. You know, are I th- they utilitarian? <laughs> I think they are there. I mean, for example, they, they are there to do whatever God wants them to do. A lot of times it is. I mean, even the words in Hebrew and 
Greek are the terms for messenger. So I I would say the primary, if you could see, you know, where we get glimpses of the greatest activity of angels um, is we have these pictures of worship, right? Uh, we have pictures of messaging, messaging, like, hey, send this person a message, get them to do what I'm wanting them to do to help them out. Um, and then there's there's a war going on. There's battles going on. We see these, again, when the veil is, is pulled back, we see, uh, it talks about in Jude when Michael and, and Satan were disputing over the body of Moses, right? There's something going on there. Um we see in Second Kings chapter, I think it's Second Kings, Second Kings chapter six, verse seventeen. You know, this army, this human army, comes to attack Elisha because he keeps predicting where the Syrian army is going to be. So the Syrians are going to come and they're going to get this prophet who keeps giving the king of Israel the the whereabouts of what's happening. And when they show up, Elisha's servants freaked out, and he's like, "God, open his eyes to see who's you know." And he could see these chariots of fire, just like. You know the armies of God that are there to protect. So there's there seems to be these major categories of of worship, messaging, and then warfare, and and that's kind of the major buckets that I see. You have other things where again, uh, this is really interesting. This gets into the the Psalm eighty two thing where there's a divine council. If you want to read Michael Heiser's book, the academic one is called Unseen Realm. The kind of lay versions called supernatural. That's what, that's the one I would suggest people to read because the unseen realm is, is a little bit heavy, headier and heavier, but he, he explains a lot about what is this divine counsel? Because even we see glimpses of this Job chapter one, was it say that all of these beings had to report to Yahweh to say, what do you want us to do to, I mean, we, we are here giving you a report. Like, it's not like Satan has his territory and God has his territory. And it's kind of like, you know, the way we typically think of, um, a, you know, two armies attacking each other, even the demons and Satan have to go to report to God. Like they have to say, can we do this? <laughs> you know, which again is kind of like, this is really hard for us to understand, but, but there are, there's a, there's a moment, um, when I think we've talked about this before, when, um, uh, there's, there's the King of Judah, uh, oh my, what's his name? But he's with Ahab, and they're about to go to to, to war. And he and and the king of Judah is a good good king. I think it's is it Jehoshaphat? I can't remember what it is, but what his name right is right now. But he's like, hey, do you have any prophets of Yahweh here? And he's like, Ahab's like, yeah, there's this one guy by the name of Micaiah, but I hate him because he always prophesies something bad and negative against me. His name's really Dan, but I <laughs> <laughs> uh, go back to our last episode. Anyways, <clears throat> he's like, I hate this guy, and he's and the the king of Judah's like. No, bring him on. And so the king uh, or this prophet comes and says, yeah, God's going to give you victory. And Ahab's like, how many times have I told you? Tell me what you really saw. And Micaiah says, okay, this is what God gave me a vision of in heaven. And God said, I'm looking for a deceiving spirit to deceive the prophets that are going to be speaking to the king of Israel. And there is a spirit, a deceiving spirit said, I'll go and do that, that work for you. So you have God. And heaven saying, I want you to deceive Ahab right here. Who will do that? So a, a negative, a, some kind of demonic spirit that typically go back to the rebellion at the very beginning that would have rebelled against God. God's still using him for theirs, for his own purpose. Hmm. And so this is, there's nothing, there's no angelic being. There's no beings on the other, on the other side 
that do not have to report to God and where God is not saying, okay, I will allow you to do that. No, you can't do that. It's, it's this, that's why some of our understandings of what's happening in that angelic and that spiritual realm is a bit of a mystery to us. We also see a pull behind the curtain in Daniel. Remember Daniel's praying in Daniel chapter 10 and, and an angel comes to give him the message. This is what, the moment you prayed, I had a message, but the prince of Persia, okay, which is this hierarchy of there's a stronger angelic being that was stopping this other angelic being from getting the message to Daniel until Daniel kept praying for 21 days. And at the end of 21 days, Michael, God sent Michael the archangel to say, go take care of that other guy. Michael came. Michael's obviously the enforcer of for God that really does kind of the heavy lifting of, you know, in that angelic world. And we we know this prince of Persia, who is this, you know, angelic being. And again, this goes back to the divine council that in Deuteronomy chapter 32, God divided the nations amongst these divine beings and said, okay, you can all have these other nations. I'm going to pick, you know, Abraham, this is going to be my nation. At the Tower of Babel, when he scattered the nations, he because he's basically like, You're, this is another rebellion. You don't want me. And so I'm going to hand you over to the other Elohim and the little G gods, these, these angelic beings who will, you know, have their own little territories to oversee. And, but I want my own special people. And so, um, so yeah, it's just, it's just, you have these snapshots that, Give us a glimpse into what's really going on. Yeah, and perhaps no one in modern times at least has opened that went portal, so to speak, yeah. into that world like Heiser did. Heiser was, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and so that's why, you know, if you're going to explore this, I don't think you're going to be well-educated unless no. you've at least looked at his findings, yeah. theories, yeah. and so forth. Absolutely. So I, there's one thing I want to make sure we get to um, okay. before, and then you can kind of yeah. wrap it all up, but – Talk to me about guardian angels. How oh, many times have we had angels. people say, you know, my guardian angel did this and, and so forth. So talk to me about those. Yeah, I mean, so um, guardian angels, they're, they're, this is a disputed area. There are yeah, some, they're not explicitly mentioned. No, the closest you have is probably Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, when God talks about the angels that somehow help children, okay? Um but there, there's no explicit, like, you have your own personal guardian angel. But yet we all have stories. Like, yeah. you have stories. I have a story. I have a story. I've got a couple stories um, of something happening that just was like, whoa, that has to have been. There's no other human explanation right. for it. Now, I mean, there, there could be, but it's like, no, I'm not it's sure. Not apparent, right? Yeah. So, so I think we should tell some stories. Let's tell some stories, oh, people, Dan. People will think we have lost our mind. No, they won't, because I guarantee you people have have stories of of we know that Tell your grandma's story. I'll tell a, my grandma's that's a story. Because I knew your grandma and I loved her. So my grandmother um came to visit with came to came in 2013 to live with my mom. She was diagnosed with dementia. She couldn't live on her own anymore. Um and so when she came to live with with my mom, and my mom was next door, she was lived next door from from me and my family. Um it was kind of a sweet time to kind of be with her, but it was also hard because we could see her deterioration. You know, it was, it was, she was not who she used to be, but she was thankfully where I live in Denver. It, I'm, I mean, you know where I live. Mm -hmm. I'm less than a mile from Walmart and Lowe's. Very easy to get to. And she knew how to get to both Walmart and Lowe's to get her, you know, little things. And, um, and so towards the end of her ability to be able to do that, because again, she was deteriorating, um, she was driving her van 
and she had gone to Lowe's to buy, and this is kind of a funny story. She would always buy trees at Lowe's, plant them, and then kill them with some kind of pesticide. Like she just, <laughs> she did that probably 20 times, you know, on, just on purpose or just, yeah, or she just, she's just, she's just, just losing it, okay. you know? So, so anyways, and then she'd always take the tree back and, and do the same thing over again. So, um, so she was at Lowe's and she locked her keys in the car. Now she's a, you know, 88 year old woman here and, you know, doesn't really do cell phones well. I mean, she would have been, I mean, I think my mom after a while would have been like, I need to go to Lowe's and find, find my mom. But, um, a gentleman came up to her and said, uh, Hey, I know your son, Ben, or I know your grandson, Ben, and I can help you. She goes, Oh, I lost, I, I left my, I locked my keys in my car, but I have no way of getting them. And he said, don't worry. I have all the keys that open every door. And he had a key. He opened the door for her and he let her in. And so my grandmother tells this story to my mom. And again, she's not with it. She's like, I met a friend of Ben's today. Mm-hmm. And he had a, all, and she explained the story to him, to, to my mom. And my mom was like, oh my goodness, like that had to have been some Something kind supernatural. of supernatural to help my grandmother in this destitute situation. Um, but I thought that was a, that was a pretty cool story. Of how God provided. Yeah. yeah. And, and an affirming story. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to think there is, you know, some kind of an, yeah. angelic yeah. watchdog that I, I'm important enough to God that he yes. can assign that. And I yeah. think that's a lot reason why a lot of Are people. Are you going to tell your story? Uh, probably not. Cause it's only got, Dan. we only, we only have 30 <sighs> seconds and I don't know. I just don't want to, I don't want people to think I'm. You're, no, the, people no, like supernatural do, 30 stories. 30 seconds more than 30 seconds story. But. <sighs> Could always as do at we, the beginning of the next yes, episode. Yes. As we conclude our discussion on angels, what is we're what, not concluding. The, I've got other things to say. We'll just cover it next we time. We have to do a two episode. We're gonna I mean we gotta talk about demons. We gotta talk about Satan. Oh yeah, well we'll wrap it into the demons. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk we'll talk about some other things. All right. So well, as always, folks, uh, you know, we never quite know where every episode's gonna go because we don't use a script. We just uh we're having a conversation. Yeah. And we want you to get involved in the conversation. You can call or you can not don't call me. But you because <laughs> I won't answer. <laughs> but you can you can always email us. At lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. Yeah. If you have questions or if you want to suggest an episode, please share us with your friends and neighbors. But as always, we thank you for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.